This is Triune's Tech Talk with your host, Keith Wheeler. Keith's going to be discussing new technology and how it impacts the business community. Technology is just about everywhere and is always changing. And Keith's going to be showing you how these changes impact your business and your everyday life. All right, so we're going to talk a little bit more about uh, Starlink. Yeah, I kind of feel like we have to talk about Starlink because there's so much that's happened in the last 60 days since you've, we talked about Starlink last. You've been sending me a bunch of stuff lately. Oh, Just my a bunch of links gosh. to go through. And every time I text you back, I'm like, dude, this is cool. This I know, is dude, amazing. It's happening. Let's talk a little bit. What's been happening recently? Just top of your head. What's the big stuff? Well, I think the biggest thing that came out was the, the COO mm-hmm. of, and I cannot remember her name. Uh, maybe you could Google it I'll while, it up while, while I'm talking. talking. Um, the COO of Starlink actually came out and did a news conference. Uh, I want to say it was either late January or early February, and she actually talked about a lot about where Starlink is at, where they're headed, and then some some big news items. So probably the biggest single news item, at least for me anyway, that caught my ear and caught my interest right away was the fact that Elon is actually seriously considering spinning off Starlink in an IPO and making it a publicly traded company. Hmm. Wow. Um, and I have read uh, two articles by, um, I guess you would call them investment counselors or investment specialists or in, uh, whatever you call them. Okay. Uh, they wrote specifically about Starlink and they wrote specifically about the IPO of Starlink. And the one guy that I read posed the question, if Starlink issues an IPO, would it be a 10x generational company? Meaning, would its stock price rise 10x over the next five to six years? Okay. Wow. And he lays out a really good case that if Elon plays this right, and he gets all these licenses from all these countries to operate in, right. he could and he brings in all the military contracts that he's that he's trying to sell right now. If he's able to close those and bring them in, he could very easily become a 10x generational company in the next wow. five to six years. So it looks like the COO is uh, Zaydun Arbad. Yes. So I just want to make sure we get that in. I think, yes. I, I'm, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing her name. I think that's, Zaydun Arbad. I think that's her. Um, anyway, she yeah. she had a press conference earlier, and she announced the fact that they... Uh, well, I talked about the uh, IPO, which I think is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, she also talked about the fact that um, the, other big, the other big thing that came out of that mm-hmm. news conference was she actually said they intend to start selling service on October 22nd of this year. Whoa. October 20... I wrote the date down. It was, it was like... So, selling service. I, I would have thought, and my thinking is that they were going to basically allow other service companies to piggyback off of their system. But it sounds like they're going to be the ones actually performing service themselves. Well, here's the thing that has to be... And you and I have talked about this a little bit because, a little bit you're, off my, because uh, you're in sales. Right, right. Um, and, I've, and I've been in sales and, mm-hmm. and done sales. And, and you know when you have your own company, you're always in sales. Um, 
But, you know, you can't just, and you know, I've talked about this, you can't just like snap your fingers and spin no. up a sales organization. No, you got to work There's like a that. spin up. There's, there's you got to do training. Yeah. You've got to get good quality people. Yeah, you've got to get a lot trained. To you've got to teach them your product. You've mm-hmm. got to teach them your, your product offering, what yep. the different plans are going to be, what the different price points are. I mean, you've got to generate marketing. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that there's has to ton. be done. There is a ton. And so... By now in October... Right. Whether they could get all that spun up in October with their own sales staff, I don't think that's possible. But what you and I discussed, and I think it's a realistic possibility, is that they could partner with existing data and telecommunications that was resellers. My yeah, that was my already thinking. selling like AT&T and uh, Global Crossing and yeah. Level 3 and... Uh, Sprint and yep. all these other big carriers, they're already selling that to businesses, Cox Communication, uh, Time Warner Telecom, I'm trying to think of some of the other bigger names. Um, they're already selling that product. They could easily just add Starlink into their portfolio as another internet service provider. And that kind of makes sense to me too, because I haven't seen Starlink doing a lot of like advertising you know, to consumers no. or no. anything like that. People, no. re- I mean, nobody knows what Starlink no. is no. outside of people who are in the tech world like right. No. So I, I see them doing more of that type of uh, aspect, yes. You know, than 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 to the normal consumer. And I would look for that kind of consumer level advertising. I would look for that to start probably in mid October. Okay. Okay. Just so ahead of the actual release date is when I would expect to see that. Interesting. So that that'll be really cool. Yeah. Just to see them spin it up so quickly. Yeah. Yeah, but the other thing, I mean, there there were several things that came out of the uh, news conference. Another another thing that uh, came out of the news conference is that they have upped their total uh, proposed constellation size. Now they've 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 requested oh, okay. another another thirty thousand licenses, <sighs> which would give them a total of forty two, a little over forty two thousand satellites. Whoa! Yes, that's a ton. That's a ton. How many have they launched so far now? Uh, roughly, they have roughly a little above 300 satellites actively operating okay. in orbit right now. Okay. And Elon said, "Oh, that was the other thing." Is uh, Elon? I don't think he was at the news conference, but I think he tweeted after the news conference that um, Starlink will be ready, just from an equipment standpoint, will be ready to go after four more launches. So he made that statement. Right. This this last Sunday, which would have been um, February sixteenth, February sixteenth, yeah, uh, twenty twenty, mm-hmm. uh, they did another sixty. So that counts against the four. So that gives us three more launches of sixty satellites each. And then wow. and then Elon says he has the satellite infrastructure that he can cover Canada and North America. Whoa! Wow. Okay. So we've got about three hundred up now. Yep. Between now and October of this year, we could have forty-two thousand. Oh, no, 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 no. I'm not hearing that right. Okay. No, no, no. The forty-two thousand will be the end game. The like, end game. Like okay. Four years from now, because they're okay. going to keep launching satellites. Between he he committed to, and he has uh, contractual obligations with SpaceX mm-hmm. to launch two sixty satellite launches every month. So that's one hundred and twenty satellites every month. Got it. He's been doing that since December. So one hundred and twenty December, one hundred and twenty in January. Um, he's already launched the first 60 for February. The other 60 go up at the, towards the end of the month. Yeah. Uh, and so, so he's launching he's just, like crazy. Yeah, just a ton just doing, of launches. Yep, 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 yep. So he's doing 120 satellites every month through the entire calendar year of 2020. 
Hello, this is Keith Wheeler, owner of Trion Technology Consulting, where we make IT work for you. Hey, my tech tip for today is PC performance, and not just Windows PCs, but Macs as well. If you are having problems with your Mac or your Windows machine and it seems like it's slow, you need to be looking at two things, your hard drive and your memory. You need to be looking at a solid state drive and you need to increase your memory. If you need help with those, please give me a call. I'm happy to help. You can reach me through my website at triunetechaz.com or you can call me at 480-269-3115. Triune Technology Consulting. We make IT work for you. So obviously these these rockets, SpaceX, they're able to launch more than just one or two satellites at a time. You're talking several satellites going up at once. Yeah, they one individual launch puts 60 satellites in orbit. Oh, okay. Yep. Wow, that's pretty amazing. Yep. So by by October, we're probably looking at several hundred sat. Well, several more, probably maybe even a thousand satellites. Yes. By then. Okay. Yes. yes. So that'll be cool to see that feature turned on by then. Yes. Okay. Yes. So forty-two thousand. That's the ultimate end game. Is forty-two thousand. So th- there's one thing that we talked a little bit off mic too about how the obstruction of all of these satellites yes. would be. <laughs> yes, and we learned a new word this week, didn't we? Albedo. Albedo. What, albedo. What is albedo? Albedo is actually a, a word that's used in astronomy yeah. and and in satellite work, and it has to do with the reflectivity of a surface. Mm-hmm. Why is that important in, in, our, in our discussion? Well, because the astronomy community is absolutely freaking out because mm-hmm. of all these satellites that he's going to put in orbit. And and we've already seen from the initial satellites that he's launched that you can see them right. in the sky. You yep. can you can you can see the reflective uh, reflection of the sun or or other celestial bodies off the surface of the satellite. Right. And that's kind of a problem for astronomers. So he has he has stated that with each successive launch, this he also tweeted this uh, a couple of weeks ago. Okay. With each success, he's aware of that, and he's working on different um, different uh, paintings and coatings oh, okay. and different okay. things that he can put on the satellite to reduce the albedo effect. And and he has pledged that with each successive loss uh, launch, excuse mm-hmm. me, he's going to reduce the albedo on each on each successive satellite until he gets it down to a much more manageable point. Satellites are highly reflective. They are highly reflective. highly reflective. Uh, I, I, whenever I go walking in the mornings and it's still dark out here, you can look up at any time. Oh yeah, and see at least three, maybe even four satellites within an hour's time. Oh yeah, and I can't imagine what that would look like with forty-two thousand new satellites know, up right? there. It'd be we'd see these streaks all over the place. Oh yeah, you'd see it all the time. It'd be crazy, and it would completely. I mean, if you're a if you're an astronomer, you know, right. a, a ground based astronomer, sure, sure. Um, it would it would it would kind of damage your livelihood. I would think <laughs> that yeah. But yep. I mean, I, I mean, I recognize, and and I know you you've done a little astronomy yourself, mm-hmm. so you, you have a little understanding of this. I know a lot of the astronomy now is moving more towards the space based telescopes because correct. you can see so much more once you get outside the Earth's atmosphere. That, that's correct. And you can see so much deeper in space, and you can see so many more things. Than yeah. You. So I, you know, I, I listen. I know there's a place for for ground based um, telescopes, mm-hmm. and there always will be. Yes. Um, but. You can't stand the way of progress, dude. I'm sorry. No, you cannot. You cannot get in the way of progress. This you, is just too important stuff. You, you can't. You just can't. Um, so, I, yeah, I think it's going to be an ongoing fight anyway. Uh, you're always going to have people who want to have less stuff up there. But overall, this is going to be huge, especially when we get closer and closer to October. What kind right. of things is that going to mean for for you know us as consumers or for businesses? Well, what does that look like? Here's the interesting thing, and, and I, I just did just kind of my own personalized cross analysis um, of okay so obviously Elon is not the only guy that came up with this idea he certainly is not the first guy to come up with doing 
internet from space. Um, so I kind of did a quick rundown of his competition. So yes. by my by my calculations, this is these are the these are the people that are really serious competitors to, okay. to Starlink. Okay. Uh, the first would be OneWeb, okay. which is kind of an international consortium, and they're they're kind of a little bit more European based than they are than they are Canadian based. Although I think some of their some of their administrative offices are in Canada. Okay. Um, they actually have thirty four satellites in orbit right now. Okay. Uh, they will not be ready for service until sometime in twenty twenty one. Oh, so after. So after Elon after comes Elon, on. So okay. As I go through this, you'll begin to understand uh, why Elon is pushing for twenty twenty start date. Okay. Um. The other one is uh, Project Kuiper, which is uh, Jeff Bezos and Amazon. Amazon, that, okay. That's his project okay. to do the same thing. Okay. Um, he presently has zero satellites in space. <laughs> okay. And he's projecting a start date sometime after 2021. Okay. Um, given the fact that he has no workable satellites and he has not even launched anything to beta test with or even alpha test with, right. um, I kind of think he's too late to market but that's my opinion we'll see how the market shakes out yeah certainly um I mean, he certainly has the money he could do it so it sounds like that it was really advantageous for elon musk and spacex right to really ramp things up as quickly as they could yep looking at the range of their competitors yep uh that they're already out there and getting going Right. That's pretty admirable, actually. It's extremely admirable. And uh, I think Elon has, I, I, the more I listen to him and the more I read, I, I watch his Twitter mm -hmm. feed. I watch, I got on the Starlink Twitter feed now. Okay. Um, That's right. And so I'm tracking on that. And um, the more he, because you know I love Elon, but he's, 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 he's kind of coy. He doesn't, he doesn't release a lot of stuff. He's, sure. You know, but the more he pulls the kimono back, and we see more and more of what's going on in his vision for Starlink, I'm just, I'm just very impressed. He's, I really think he's thought this out. I really think this is going to be a solid platform. I really How think cool. this is going to be the. How cool! Yeah. So the so let me go down through the yeah, rest of please. the list. So, yeah, yeah. Um, his other competition would be uh, Viasat. Okay. Which is uh, kind of a sub company, kind of sub spun off company of Telsat. Uh, they're kind of integrally related. Um, they only have five satellites. Okay. Um, they're operational right now. Okay. Um, they've been operational for a long time. You can go find Viasat. Yes. Um, the downside to them is their uh, satellites, they only have five satellites. They are in geosynchronous orbit, which means they uh, are slow. Right. So you have, we talked about the geosynchronous orbit, the mm -hmm. fact that you have a, about, a, about a second and a half delay. Right. Um, round trip from, from your, to getting a response back, which is really painful. And then your speed is capped. Uh, on most of those at like 50, well, for like um, Viasat, I think the max is 50 megabits per second is the fastest speed you can get. There there was some indication they might be able to do some 100 meg if you're a business. Okay. Um, Elon is talking about gigabit speeds from space with ultra low latency. So, Gee, right. And then, and then your other competition, your other major competition in that same market space would be HughesNet. And HughesNet, has been around forever in a day. Right, I know about them. Their satellites are way old, um, and they can only do about 25 megabits per second. Um, and they only have three satellites. Okay. So they are, they are really behind the eight ball. They actually are talking about launching a new series of HughesNet 5, HughesNet Gen 5 satellites. Again, those won't launch until 2021. So, now, besides um, Amazon's uh, 
Blue Origin, I guess, is the is yeah, the, Blue Origin is, is the a, space is, company. Is another company that's potentially going to get into this market space. Who else is able to launch these satellites for these other guys that, that they want to come to market? How are they getting out in space? Well, OneWeb uh, is launching theirs off of a platform in uh, Kazakhstan, I believe. Uh, that's okay. So, so there are some other launch platforms that they can use outside the United States, and it seems like... Uh, well, Project Kuiper hasn't put anything in space yet, so it's yet to be determined exactly Kuiper, who they're going to yeah. use for, for launching their satellite platform. Interesting. But, um, yeah, there's there's uh, there's launch platforms available in Kazakhstan. There's lo- and you and I talked about the fact that yeah, Kazakhstan yeah. is like nothing. So right, right. It's, uh, yeah, it's not really a danger of, of satellite falling if it, if it's it a major didn't city launch or, or anything. Yeah, it's, right. it, it would be safe out there. Uh, there's some launch places in India, I believe, um, that some of these companies are using. So, okay. so there's different launch platforms all over the world that they can potentially use. But again, it goes back to what we talked about earlier on in the Starlink um, series, and that is the fact that they're using SpaceX, and right now SpaceX is the cheapest ride to space. It's yep. just the cheapest ride to space. They seem to be the ticket. I, 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 and, I, and we were talking about just admiring how a lot of the, the, uh, the rockets are reusable. Yep. Uh, they can launch and land not on land-based, but they can land in ocean-based yes. areas. Or yes. at least I've seen landing. I don't know if they can yes. launch from motion-based, but I've seen them land in, in ocean-based yeah. platforms. Yeah. And then they can just reuse that rocket right afterwards, yep. uh, keeping the costs down. Yes. So you don't have to spend so much money on on the equipment. Yeah, I read, I I read, really on, this, I read on this last launch that you did on Sunday mm-hmm. that the rocket did not stick the landing, but they did, it landed in the water, but they did recover it. Okay, right. Um, but the other thing that I read that I did not realize was that the fairing that they put on the very tip of the rocket that protects the payload as it's, as it's going up through the atmosphere, okay. it's called a fairing. Okay. I did not realize that those little fairing pieces are $3 million each. Ooh. And so for virtually everyone else, they are considered disposable. So you use it once. It comes off in flight. It lands in the ocean. It sinks to the bottom. Gone forever. It's gone forever. $3 million, and I guess there's like two or three of them on each rocket. So if you back that out and say, okay, so let's just say there's two of them, so that's $6 million per launch. Right. If he's able to recover that and not have to charge the customer another $6 million, look at all the cost savings right there. That's pretty smart. That's really smart. So it isn't just the rockets itself. It's the fairings. It's, it's all the, the, fairings, the different it's all parts the to it. all the components that all he's that capturing adds up. and reusing. It all adds up really quick. That wraps up this episode of Triune's Tech Talk with Keith Wheeler. And next time, we'll be back with a whole new show for you. Check the show notes for references, along with links to contact Keith for your digital tech needs. The show is produced by Sonic Productions, and the music is licensed by Sonica. If you orbit around the tech world, our contact information is also in the show notes if you have questions or if you'd like to sponsor the show. Be sure to subscribe. The technology world is evolving, and Keith is going to be here to keep you up to date. For Keith Wheeler of Triune Technology Consulting, I'm Dan Young. We'll see you next time.